Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. It's a beautiful afternoon here in Santa Monica, California. My co-host on my right is Chumahan Bowen, elegant barbarian, savage Indian, Southern Californian. What's that? You know what that is? What is that? You want to know what that is? Man, that's not... I wanted some tribal. I thought I was going to get some tribal. Let me tell you something. Right there is Buddy Redbow, American Indian country singer. Oh, is that right? Buddy Redbow. Most people don't know him. What you're used to hearing is this. Mm, let me hear. From me. Let me get a little pump up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? I'm gonna be bo- boiling motherfuckers, scalping motherfuckers. Like, it's about to get done. Uh, but hey, no disrespect listen, to the Indian no, no, country no, singer. No, no, check it out. Check it out. I just wanna let people know. You know how, like, black people got Charlie Pride? You mm-hmm. ever heard of yeah, Charlie yeah, Pride? Yeah, 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 of course. Country dude? American Indians, they got Buddy Redbow. Buddy Redbow. Red Blood Redbow. Yeah, that's it. Dude, sounds super country. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's your uh, red brother. That's my red brother. All right, that's enough of that. All right, uh, and we also got our showrunner slash producer, Spider Man Rob in the house. <laughs> Spidey Rob. Big yeah, <laughs> that's my man. <clears throat> and a little bit of film, man. We got we got everybody up. We got here. all we got kinds of stuff going today. on today. But <laughs> director Charlie Chacon, this guy's directing the documentary Westlos, right? My partner on a whole other project. Guy's the busiest guy on the planet. Comes in and is like, oh, I want to film a little bit over at the uh, podcast today at Hard Luck. You know so what they call him? he's taking time out of his crazy schedule to come and bless us with his crazy cameras. And he's just doing they call Char- Listen, Say, they call Charlie. Listen. Give us a holler, Charlie. Yo, 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 yo. They call Charlie the, uh, the Latin uh, Scorsese. Oh, okay. Latin Scorsese, Charlie Chacon, right here. In look at he got scared that I said that and can't believe it. <laughs> I've heard Mexican Spike Lee before. Nah, dude. Ooh. And yes. then hey, we got a uh, Swedish fish Johans over here. Swedish Johan. Yeah. Johan, man. Taking when you, some pictures. When a guy's named Johan, you know he's Swedish. Yep. That's yeah, a, yeah. Johan, what is that? What kind of a name? What is Johan? Is that John? I guess so, yeah. Okay, thank yeah. you for that interesting. Thank you. Yes. All right, now who who's the actual big anchor? Guest. Who's the guy holding up the whole show right now? <sighs> you guys, sometimes, once in a great while, <laughs> yeah, I bring one of my comrades, one of my oh. homies that was behind the walls with me. <laughs> this friendship started 20 years ago. 20 plus years ago in Lancaster State Prison. B yard, level four living at its finest. And uh, we hit it right off. My guest today is my boy, 
Big Tiny, Alan Ayella. Let's welcome Alan, bro. Come on, Big Woo! Tiny. Big Tiny in the house. Big Tiny for having in me. the house. Infamous. 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 Look at the women ripping their shirts off because Big Tiny's in the house. Dude, dude, <laughs> Those are the biggest just, titties that we've seen know, so far no, when a guest no. comes in. Man. Let me just start by saying that. Are you chewing gum? Yes, I am. A little <laughs> cinnamon gum my buddy gave me. Um, <clears throat> God damn. I've been wanting to get Tiny on the show for the last six months. And his this guy's traveling the world. I mean, every time I talk to this guy, and the other thing is crazy. is like he texts his phone. He pays that extra that extra little deal so that you can text worldwide. Yeah. I text this guy, and he's like, I'm in Brazil. Oh, I'm in China. I'll get back to you in a little while. I'm in, what the fuck? This guy's all over the world touring. He's a super level 12 badass tattoo artist. Either that. A super level 10 graphic artist. Just across the board he's just ill and this was talent that i peeped on and saw early on when we met in this the, guy in the joint this guy travels the world more than rudy giuliani but he does absolutely <laughs> and he's just like i'm just so proud of this dude man from where he's come from what he's been through and where he's at today you talk about somebody running with the ball taking the ball and running with it yeah this dude i, I mean Am I right to say we're 20 plus? This was the, the late 90s that we met. And right? I, want, I want to say right here on the Hard Luck Show that it's because yeah. of you that oh. opened that door. No, no, all bullshit aside, you know, uh, I met Lucky in prison and we just had that connect. Well, actually, he came in the door and I was on the bunk right at the door and my. Wait a second. He came into the. You were in the cell. I was. We were in a gym. We were on a level mm -hmm. four yard okay. where it was a shoe kick out. Mm -hmm. We're all level threes. They put us in the gym. Right. So this yard's people were getting stabbed every day. <laughs> it was rocking and rolling. It was right rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling. So when the door opened, Lucky came in. I was the guy to jump off. Where you from? Here's this. Here's that. Had yep. the kitty. Ba 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 ba. Right. Giving him the rundown. Just just welcoming him in. Him. Right. And then for some reason we just hit it off. We hit it off. We were doing everything, you know? <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait. Hey, let me ask you a question. When he comes in through, it's kind of like, is it, is it, when you come into that gym like that through the door? Well, first off, you're thrown off because you're going into a gym. And everybody's looking. It's an overflow, yeah. Right, but is it like so when you're, you're like watching like a, um, a bullfight and like you're waiting for the gate to open and then in comes like the bull? Yeah, is that everybody's what it's like? like yeah, Watching. everybody's checking. Everybody's like, what the? Everybody's hopping off and and dude, big tiny. How do you know that he's the guy that you're going to talk to? Because I was by the door. <laughs> I was supposed to say, "Hey, where, where are you from?" You know what I mean, right? Uh, where are you coming from? And by based on that, or now is it like in the county where there's sections in the gym for different cars? No, yeah. It's like that everywhere, wherever right. you go. You know. So when they come in and they're like, he's like, hey, who are you? Where are you from? If he's from a certain car, do you have to be like, okay, you want to go over there? No, if they came in and he was a Southsider, yeah. this is who you need to talk to. Right. Because wherever we're at, you'll find your car, but eventually, you know, when you're coming in, we're as one. We're all together. We're all and, together. and do you know right away, now I don't like to put it like this, but do you guys know right away like, hey, this guy's all right. Like, did you, how did you know when he was like, all right? Like I, you knew, you know, to this day, I don't know, but our energies brought us together. Right. 
and here mm-hmm. we are 20 plus years right it's like it was meant to be so there's no way i could put it into words you know what i mean you just have to be that person hey steve man when you come into like that scenario mm-hmm. what kind of face do you put on when you walk into the gym I don't I don't know that I uh put on any face. I think that while the whole time you're incarcerated, you have a certain demeanor that you carry about yes, yourself sir. that you have to. Right. And I don't know if it's so much it's somewhat a posturing, but I don't or I'm on a mean mug. It's not yeah. like that. Right. You're just you're just on point. And if you've been some places and, and like he's saying, you know, it was a shoe kick out yard. I've done most of my time on level four yards. I had just come out of doing an 11-month shoe program and hit this four-yard. So I was just, you know, you're hitting there. You never know what you're going to hit. And right away, you know, yes, there, right away we vibed. But you have a moment to vibe and get down with whoever for momentarily before you get out to that yard right. when that paperwork gets exchanged and all yeah. that. So you could be dealing with somebody you really don't know who the fuck they are. But you're going to be cool and you're going to take the right protocol. When they come in. Right. Because you don't know who they are, you know? But right. you're going to be cool. Me and him hit it off right from the beginning. And then after you get your, 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 your you know, you get situated in there mm-hmm. and everybody finds out where you're from and has reviewed your thing. Well, then it's kind of like once you're good like that, you're like, all right, you got a solid one. You know, I would good. think that like when you see Steve coming in, I would think that just based on his height, based on his look, based on how he carries himself, you got a pretty good chance of like, all right, this is a solid motherfucker that's walking through. Probably don't have to worry too much about a guy like that. Is that what goes through? No, it's, there's so many charades on that yard. Yeah, you could have this dude walking around with the biggest whip, the hardest dude. (laughs) But behind closed doors, he might be the missus. Mm -hmm. You never know. There you you go. You could have this dude that's been this, this, and that portray himself on the yard. But when it comes to go doing something for the cause, he's gonna go and tell. So it's like everyone. It's like everyone's there to put up a front. Dude, let me ask you this, Big Tiny, my friend, Big Tiny. Is it almost, do you feel like it's almost the opposite that maybe a guy that comes in that looks maybe like, I don't know what this guy's all about, chances are better that he's going to come through in the end? Uh, I, I or you just I, don't play it that I, I, way? I don't, I don't look at I look in and I got to put myself in a position to survive. Right. To survive and then come out with the good name. If I come out and come back, my name's still good. Yeah. yeah. So I got to look at the scenario. There's drugs, there's power, there's all kinds of shit. Now, where do I find myself in there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A tattoo artist. You know what I mean? Right. So I played my lane. I got the respect from all angles. You know what I mean? I'm right. not, I went to prison for on some gang shit, but I ain't no killer. Yeah. I never killed nobody in my life. Would I rep for my set if I got hit up? Yes. Would I go put in work for my set if it happened to me and my closest homeboys? Yes. You yeah. know? But as far as here, I learned where to play my lane. Right. And, adapt to my environment because I, that's that's my world now right now, now how i'm going to come out here and wherever which, which way i'm going to go if i'm going to go to pelican ba and be running shit i would have went that way right if i'm going to come out and take advantage of a door that was open for me i'm gonna get it and run with it right and you want to know something that's interesting now you bring that up when you say what kind of face you put on you want to know something man even though i may be postured but everybody's postured because that's the thing I was always me. Yeah. He'll even tell you that. So, and me being me, I'm not acting like your average dude. The way I speak, the way I conduct myself, and put, you know, like I was just being me. And if you 
peep me, then you're probably going to peep that I'm a little different, right? Yeah. I didn't try and hide it or try and be like some tough, like, I just me, man, because I'm confident in who I was. And right. uh, I think real recognized real. Yeah, I think TV guts everyone messed up on that kind of. Um, yeah. Yep. But you're definitely look. not going to out tough guy look somebody in prison, bro. Yeah. Because then you're you're way off, and if that's what you're looking for, then you already don't know. You already know they don't know what time it is. You know what I'm saying? Get, you're gonna right. get, you're gonna get eaten up. Either they'll yeah. drag you in some political way, or mm-hmm. get you in a debt some way. So it's just how it's. I, I don't know. I just I see some stuff that goes on. Is like I can't fathom the idea of me being in that position. Right. People say, "What if I go?" That doesn't cross my mind. Right. And and, and you know, and another thing is, you don't just unless you're just coming in on a hot one and you've never been to prison, the chances of you getting to a four yard, when you're talking about shoe kick out stuff, you don't just end up on a four yard. Right. You've been in the mix for a little while and you kind of like understand by the time you get to a four yard. I, I certainly was pretty versed on living on four yards in the shoe program. I get up there, you're not gullible around you know by the time by the time you team bro you're like by the time they you get to that plate you already had some seasoning. Yeah. I mean, but you know what was crazy is, and without, I'm, I'm always, I'm never going to cross up my guest. I'm never going to cross me up or anybody else with my show, you know? Um, so I'm always cautious in ways, but I was saying where you're saying (laughs) dude's getting stabbed all the time. It's funny because I remember, I remember, um, on my bit, my, my, my big homie already was on that yard, right? Before I'd be strung out the first week I was there, bro. <laughs> we all were. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, to say, yeah. Him and his boy had everybody strung out. Yeah. But I remember when out, we went out, bro, and that first day I'm out there and I meet, maybe you could call the CEO of, uh, you know, of that yard. And then the next day, he goes, he carried off on a stretcher. Yeah. That's how quick things were changing hand, right? Yep. Quick. Very quick, bro. Um, it was just, it was on and cracking. A lot of lockdowns over there. One day, one guy's the king. The next, next day, he's gone. Yeah, yeah like, was, that's was, how it was going. You're just yeah. throwing a bunch of people. There was not even, like, usually when you go to established prison yards, yeah. the blacks are right there. Yeah. The northern, here, no one had a place. So it was just mixed up. So everyone's getting established. People's skeletons were coming out. So it was like. <laughs> It was like, where the fuck am I? You know what I mean? This was my first term, right? Right. My first term, I ended up on that yard, you know? And it was like, fuck, I'm here for a reason. You know what I mean? Right. Just watching everything, but just, it was like quick. Shit just changed. Everything, it was just like a washing machine. Boom, boom. It was crazy. How long were you, what was, how much time did you have to do? I did five years on that run. I did a total seven years of my life to, I gave to the state of California. Right. But that was my, I was on there. I caught a a nine year term. Okay. I got busted for a gang related shooting. Okay. At that time. And I still don't know why. Were you just, did they claim you were there or what did they claim? I got told on. Somebody ratted you out. Someone ratted us out. Did you ever find out who that was? Yeah, we know who they were. You know, did they ever, did they ever, uh, were they ever, uh, how do I say incarcerated? It? No. Did they ever get their comeuppance? Well, one did time, they find out that you guys found out who, Oh no, they were in court pointing at us. That's how deep. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> they were pointing at you? Ah, the game. Hey, yeah. hold, up, hold, hold on a second. This is great. Cause there's like, we were talking about good fellas earlier. And there's that moment finally when Henry Hill cracks yeah. and he's in court and he's, he's like, you see that man here? And he looks and he's like, yes, he's sitting over there. Did they do that? They did, did that. 
And do they look you in the eye when they do that? No, they kind of look away, but it was funny at this time. They were telling, and when they went to break, there's these doors in between. <sighs> and when those doors were there, fucking banging on us. And we're yeah. like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Telling and banging. Telling and banging? They were banging on us. And then like two Just, weeks later, this dude sees us in Chow Hall. We found out who he is, and we're, we're, we find out where he's at. Yes. We're going over there, strapped right. up. Yes. As soon as we got there, he was gone. Wow. So it's like, it's just, well, it's you know what? It, it shit happens. Hey, listen, life's a crazy fucking game. Yeah. One minute, you, one minute you're you're telling on somebody, next minute you're running for your life. It's, right? It's just, I'm just glad I got in that at that time. Yeah. Because at that time, people were like, like when I got onto the yard, I was a basketball player. That was my shit. Okay. I go, I'm going to go play basketball. And they're like, the homies don't play basketball. And I'm like, <laughs> Are those homies over there? Oh, yeah, but they're from Los or they're from San Diego. Go, I don't play that shit, you know? Like, all my, like over there, you're supposed to be in the car, but I'm over here messing with Santa Monica. I'm over here messing with Elmani. And these are my dogs, you know what I mean? And we're just uh, Hawaiian Garden. Hawaii, you know, right. we just clicked up with these people. Well, that did we you just, play basketball before you got there? Yeah, I played basketball my whole life. It was on. <laughs> Look, there he is. You see that? Okay. How tall are you, man? Let, let me explain something. All right, now we're at this phase. So you wanted to play basketball in prison. They were like, hey, homies, don't play basketball. And you're like, listen, guys, I fucking, do you see how tall I am? Did yeah. they see how tall you were? Yeah. I was did probably you, one of the biggest guys on the yard. What yeah. did they do? Did they hurt their neck when they looked up at you and said, hey, homies, don't play basketball? Shorty was telling them, hey, homie, we don't play basketball. <laughs> exactly. How tall are you, man? I'm 6'5". Okay, Jesus Christ, Lou Frigno's six five. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so big, tiny. I guess I understand the big part. Where's the tiny part? I mean, you don't have to tell us on the podcast. It was. Uh, 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 <laughs> I was. Uh, um, my aunt came over from Mexico. Okay. Right, and they always make fun of my size. You know what I mean? Got it. And um, you know, there was a T-shirt that she brought for me, and. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't fit. I tiny, you know, and yeah. then and then they clown me, and then one of the older homies from a different neighborhood said, "No, you're tiny." Yeah, I stick with. I'm like, I don't like that name, right? Because because that's an old. I mean, let's get real. That's an old joke. The big yeah. guy's called tiny. Yeah, like you know that one from the very beginning. Yeah. Okay, so then you were like, "Fuck it, fuck it," I, and then this was like right before my K. Like I got my moniker when I was like seventeen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then. um when I went to prison, I met this old G's. I went, what's your name? I mean, tiny. He's tiny. You ain't fucking tiny. You're big right. tiny. Big tiny. And then it just stuck with me. You know? That's a good one. I and like I'm just it. like, fuck it. You know what I mean? It, if I tell you my name's Robert, you're going to forget it. But <laughs> right. if I tell you my name's Big Tiny, you're like, fuck, Big Tiny. Fuck, you know? It, it, yeah. it, it's an impact on people. Sure. Listen, you're talking to a guy whose name is Chumahan. People don't forget that fucking name. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you another thing, too, bro. A lot of these monikers tiny lucky um lepke yeah in your 20s they were lepke tiny does not and then as you start kind of going in from your 30s into your 40s and going then you catch the big it becomes a big right because there's usually a little somewhere you know what i'm saying right you pick up a little but um yeah man big tiny but and you want to know something about tiny yeah is that tiny too though? And I and I and and this is why I said this about myself because I see the same thing in tiny. Tiny was, he, yeah, he was a homie, but he wasn't trying to ever be anything but who he was the whole time. He right. had his taste, he had his shit, 
Right. So what happened with the basketball? Fuck, I can't run no more. No, no, no. What happened in there? You played basketball oh, regardless yeah. of what oh, they yeah. said. Oh, yeah. I played. I was picked before I even got to the to the court. Right. So it's like we just played. You know, right. I was with other homies and I just bypassed all that political stuff that's going on. If it didn't concern me mm-hmm. or my brothers that I'm running with, it's just like it didn't matter. So wait right. a second. So wait a second. Let's back it up for a second. So you are you're so you're six five. All right. So people don't understand. All right, let's see. Big tiny six five. He's um bald, like clean shaven at the at the head. He's got you know, a mustache and a, and a trimmed up beard a little bit. He's got a tattoo over his left eye. What does that tattoo say? It says Unero. Unero. What the hell does that mean? Well, Ero is the E-R on the end of a Mexican word is a person of. Okay. So my street gang is U-N-A. So I'm an Unero. I got you. So I got mom, you. And I got this when I was 36. And part of me is like, man, you're too old to get this shit. Yeah. But on paper, I get pulled over. I'm a taxpayer. Right. I'm that 18-year-old kid that comes up on that file. Right. So. All right. And then uh, how much do you weigh, dude? You're, what, two-something? 270. 270. 6'5", 270. Just huge. I was looking at your calves, bro. I was looking at the the, the part of your leg that's beneath the, mainly because that's about as, as high up as I can look because I'm short. <laughs> yeah. But from his knee down to his ankle, and I'm like, Damn, that shit looked like it to me looked like logs, bro. Your little legs look strong, dude. I mean, that's I got a lot of upper body to carry. Yeah, a lot of stomach. And so let me ask you this: uh, When you're playing basketball, were you like a Shaq kind of dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was man. thinner then. Yeah, I was about two fifty. But I mean, you would you be able to like when people try to come and dunk? Would you just be able to slap that ball right into their face? Or? I don't think yeah, there was only a couple people that could dunk at that time, and I was one of them. You yeah, know? but it was like I I I have coordination, so I couldn't. I love that. I love that. So let me ask you, what's it like to what's it like to be a big Latin dude in prison that obviously can play basketball? Like, what did you did you ever get to play on mixed teams? Did you have battle royale? Like, what happened? Well, we, we we played different counties, different, like prison prison to prison. Like it was Orange County versus L.A. County. You know? Okay. So it was just like we only could play with ourselves and the whites, and that was that's only interaction. But it was all Mexicans when we played. Yeah. Or whoever ran with, with Do they even call fouls in prison? Or is it like, dude, if you're crying about a foul, then get the fuck off. Well, the there's court. a lot of people like a lot of Me- I'm gonna say right now, a lot of Mexicans can't play basketball. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. You yeah. know, it's like it's like you ever see uh Greece where uh uh John Travolta goes on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. That's but, a pretty good example. That's right? a great example. But like there's people that love the sport and knew the sport, you know, and that was an escape from everybody. You know, right. I, I go out there at ten in the morning and play to like four. Wow. Just running game, running game, running game. And that was just, it was an escape for us. And I was like, that was one of my passions. I used to, when we were young, we used to get super high. Yeah. Go to these parks where all these kids were wearing Jordans, shorts, whatever. They were flashy. Yeah. We come in with our dickies and our cut off jeans. Yeah. We fucking take court and hold court down. Yeah. So we were athletic, you know, and I played on the high school team and. Could you have gone to college? I could have done anything I wanted. But you didn't take that route. Did you uh, want to take that route? Um, uh, at that time of age, at my age, right there, all I was thinking about was gang banging, yeah, and selling my weed. So I knew I had it, 
I was, as I've, I was, I've an honorable student. I went to college and graduated with honors. Okay. Um, education was big in my house. Yeah. My parents were from Mexico. They're the dreamers. They came over from nothing. They got this beautiful home. Right. They just did everything instead of being the typical stereotype Mexican. Right. You know? Right. American dream. The American dream. So that was put there, but, you know. Hold on a second. Man, you just. Hold on if I understand what you're saying. Your parents came from Mexico. Is that right? Yes, sir. And they worked their ass off and they got the American dream, right? Yes, sir. And they got a beautiful house, Beautiful right? house. And they got themselves a 6'5 son that can play ball and is smart, right? Yes. Okay, what happened? They worked too much. My parents worked their asses off. I got my, I got my homework done before school came, was out. Okay, so I had a, a lot of time. My friends lived on the other side of the tracks where I was at with my friends. And then that's that. And people ask that all the time. You know, I grew up in a nice neighborhood. I'm not from the ghetto. I'm not from. I'm never. People may look at me and see this persona of me being this gangster from. L.A. somewhere. Right. But that wasn't the point. I got I got mixed up with my friends. Yeah. And I rode with whatever cause we had. But it was just... How'd you get mixed up with... Like, okay, so, okay. Where did you meet your friends? High school. Okay. I had, sc- had kids that I grew up from, from elementary school. And then we went to high school. I got kicked out, went to another high school. I see. And then that's What'd when you I, get kicked out for? Uh, I found a purse in uh, the gym. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, we're leaving the gym, and I found a purse. Yeah. I was like, dude, that purse has been sitting there. <laughs> so I grabbed the purse. I opened it. I smell weed. <sighs> so I took it. Found the weed. There was some money in there. Next thing you know, someone told on me. <sighs> so they got the purse. I go in, and the girl goes, you got my purse? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, there's coke in there. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. You know? So she didn't press charges, but the school kicked me out because of my affiliations and all that. Dude, so many friends of Steve come up on a bag with either money or drugs in it in their yeah. early youth. Right? Remember yeah, Diablo? That's what happens in your early yeah. youth. That's how you get strung out on, <laughs> on crime because you think it's going to keep on happening. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, so okay, so then, so I, you know, you know. So wait, okay, so you're what you're saying. Let's just get down to it. At the end of the day, what you're saying is, is that number one, your parents were busy working, so they weren't on your ass all day, right? Right. Okay. Number two, you were fucking smart, and you got your shit done, so you had a lot of free time. Yes. But you weren't so smart that you didn't keep yourself out of trouble yeah. with that free time. No common sense. No common sense. That's interesting. Is and there I, something in you that Maybe wa- a little bit too smart for your own good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you had these friends, and then you got kicked out of the, the high school. You went to another high school, yeah. and that's when you got introduced to even more of a, a, of a different element? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was, uh, uh, it was the hood. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And at this point in time, your parents must have been out of their fucking mind. Yeah, because I got kicked out, you know? Right, they didn't work their ass off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't Listen, let me tell you something. My wife's mom, she's from Guatemala, right? She came here with nothing. She owns her own business. My wife is a, is a lawyer. And when she's told her mom that she's seeing an American Indian, mm-hmm. her mom was like, oh, no, hell no. I did not work my ass off so that you could get together with some Indio. I came to America so you could meet some real. She's like, Pom. Gringo. Yeah, she's like, Mom, it's different in America. You don't understand. Yeah. So your parents must have been like, what the fuck? Yeah. I put her through some shit. 
Yeah. And then I got kicked out of that high school. Yeah. For smoking weed on a bus. <laughs> you know? And I got accepted to the high school that I got kicked out because of my because of my scholastic. I was I was I had A's and B's. Right. No B minus was allowed in my house. Right, of course not. You know, I would get my ass whipped, you know, and that was rare because I was always getting the Jordans and you know, I got one F in high school because I never showed up because it was uh, uh, geometry. They seen my scores from algebra, so they say, you're going to algebra two trig. Yeah. We're not going to hold you back. We're going to push you forward. So I was always taught, like, if you don't read the book, you ain't going to learn shit. Right. And that's like, that's the problem with uh, the color communities. They don't read enough. So man, I ain't gonna lay that at the color community. I'm gonna say that's a problem with the American society. No, but but that's 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 what society portrays. That fucking Mexicans and blacks are on a lower level, right? You know what I mean? And they do. They and, say and the that. reason why, because my uncle said, you know why Mexicans and blacks are stupid? And I go, why? He goes, think about it. And I thought about that, and he came back. Did you think about it? I go, no. He goes, because they don't read. They put everything in the books. Right. You're gonna see a 14 year old kid sitting there reading. Right. No, you're not. There's a lot of poor whites that don't read too. Yeah, but they're not. They have white privilege, so it's like they do. It, it's separate from what we're. They you know, do. No matter what community you live in, yeah, it's there. That's interesting. So, Steve, you come out of an eleven-month stint in the shoe, right? Mm -hmm. What's it like to come into a group of a melee, a fucking crazy chaos party in the gym after you do eleven months in the shoe? It was just not what I was hoping for. I was looking to go into a cell. Right. And they were just uh, over. It was just crowded and all this bullshit. And you do not want to be in a gym, you know. And then you, then they're like promising you, okay, we're not going to override you. We're going to get you into a cell. And you go over there stuck. And, and, you know, let me just say, man, you know, uh, um, if there's a. If if there's anything that happens on that yard, is gonna happen in the gym. There's no, there's no separate. You're on that yard. You're on the yard. Okay, so it's real different when you're waiting to go out to the yard and handle your yeah. business than when it's on and it's on a gym full of people. Right. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So at any minute, at any time, the whole place could just jump off like county jail. Yeah. And right there is like one up, one down. So if you're bunky sleeping, you're up. Right, right, right. And they had three man, three man, bunks. three man bunks and shit. And that was crazy. Bro. So it's like dynamite. It's like if oh, you have yeah. this like dynamite, bro, and that gym, the gym is like a that tight ass paper around the gunpowder, and it makes something. it explode even bigger. Pretty much the whole time I was there, yeah, you were just on edge in that motherfucker. Because How do you sleep in that? You it was fucked up, bro. It's just all fucked up. But we we had to make the most of it. We had to. We had to be trucha for yeah. one another, you know? Oh, yeah. You just had to be on your, you had to be on more of your P's and Q's in there yeah. than you did in your cell. Because at least once you're in your cell and the door's locked, yeah. you're just in there with your cell. Right. This is just all day long. The county jail style on a level four yard. Yeah. It's fucked up. <laughs> that That's fucked crazy. up shit, that bro. That sounds crazy. And I almost think that some of it's set up so that shit goes south. Yes. So that you end up in the mix. Anyways, um, but we, you know, I have to say right away, me and Tiny start talking. We start talking about um, influential, I think we begin with music and then artists. And then it kind of drifts into, okay, this. And, and so me and him kind of paralleled in different things that we liked. 
And um, as we got closer, I started to kind of let Tiny know, you know, my background. It didn't happen towards when you got out, when you were getting out. Yeah, towards the end. Because when you left, you left me an envelope. And in the envelope was him in a Skechers ad with Cypress or Cypress Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's letters from Everlast and pictures from Estevan and cartoon. And I'm like, what the fuck? So he he wasn't bragging about that shit. He wasn't wasn't even speaking on it. Right. Right. I did not know this to the end. Right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't share that information with people. No. Right. You know. And I was like, what the fuck? Why is he doing here? At first when we he was, when he get out, we're gonna link up and I was just thinking, okay, you know, we got high. You know, I know I can handle my drug. Yeah. <laughs> what, what 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 did you guys like to do? What kind Everything. of drugs? Come on, Everything. man. What did you guys fucking speed? Getting crazy on some speed? No, no. Uh-uh. No. Just weed, some little heron, little heron, mm-hmm. what? Mushrooms, weed, heroin. I can't. Coke, even, I can't even imagine. Juice. <laughs> I can't even imagine everything that. except speed. Yeah, everything except speed. <laughs> there's a lot going. I can't on even imagine doing that. Was a very popping ass yard oh right there. In I that respect, dude. Robert, look at Robert, young Robert. You imagine doing a bunch of mushrooms and being in a prison gym with a bunch of dudes? Can you imagine mm. what that would do to your brain? Probably a lot of creative shit. That's where that's where creative shit. You fucking lose your mind, dude. It all depends where your mind's at. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Was there any riots when you were in there? Not, not, not in that gym while we were there. Not in that gym. There wasn't. Right. Okay. I think it was meant to be like that. Yeah. Right. So you guys are like, and let me ask you, big tiny. Shit popped off on the yard. Yeah. But shit didn't pop off in the gym. Got it. Big tiny dude, how, I mean, are, do your legs hang over the edge of the prison bed? They did. My feet hung over. So I, thought, <laughs> mm. I had to curl up. That's He was the biggest up. dude in the gym. And I'm the biggest dude on the yard, I think. And I'm on the top rack. Oh, you were on the top. Yeah. I was thinking, like, I'd be like, dude, for sure you'd have to be on the bottom. Yeah, no, I, dude, I didn't want to know anybody just sitting on my bed. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me tell you something, bro. Yeah. Let me just tell you this yeah, much. Yeah. In a riot. And I'm going to be very specific in a riot type situation. Yeah. If you're a big dude, yeah. you're automatically the a dude. Target. Yeah, you're not only a target, you're automatically the dude who needs to be the front runner for your <sighs> people. That sucks. It's all put on you. And and yeah, Tiny was definitely the biggest dude there. I'm telling you, bro, I was in the county jail numerous of times where it was rocking and rolling, and I was the biggest dude in the South Side, bro. And they're kind of like, everybody's like counseling around you. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to lead the way. So there's no being in the background. And it's like, you've you got to be like spearheads and shit, bro. You have to. You, have you, to. Can't, you can't like melt around to that no, side of the wall, bro. you got to take your yep. position. Because everyone's going to know where you were. Yeah, You dude, can't be like one of those dudes that just, got lost in the mix and be like, hey, like, Robert could. Robert could melt them. They'd be Robert. Where were you? He'd be like, yeah, Oh yeah, man, yeah, I was yeah, fighting yeah, underneath yeah, the yeah, bug. Yeah, I was no, doing. bro. No, <laughs> no. They're like coming to you, like for the. An- they're like they're coming for the ankles, man. Yeah. They're, like, they're, they're, hey, they're getting you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. <laughs> but, so, um, all right. So you guys are like, yeah. what's some of the best times you had with Tiny in the yard, dude? Getting high. Getting high. <laughs> you know, like it was like. <clears throat> the conversations that I had with him were not like a conversation I'd have with one of my so like peers. 
Right. We be talking about some gangster shit, talking about fucking bitches. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk, but we talked about music. We talked about art. Right. We, we talked to, we, we, when we talked, we weren't there on that yard. Yeah. As you can see, you know, Tiny's uh, a sharp dude, man. Yeah, no. So absolutely. we were able to vibe. Listen, Tiny was not, even at that time, you know, when we talk about like a, like a Diablo or, or, or a couple of different friends of mine, their vision and their idea and the way they think is much grander than a street corner. Right. And that's how kind of tiny was. I mean, he was referencing art and books and this and that. Like, he was vast, man. This guy was well-rounded. Right. Well, I I met him, and he he was thinking in larger, broader terms. What did you get your college degree in? Visual communications. Visual communications. Why? Because you're so so big, everybody can see you. No, my uh, my dad came over the border when he was 17, I believe, and he was doing upholstery. My mom came over here when she was little, and she's been working at the same company to this day doing uh, offset printing. So my dad got in doing graphics, mm-hmm. and he used to say, hey, "You need to do this, do this." You know, I was doing little outlines with the pen tool when mm. I was a kid. Mm. And then my parents' thing was always a degree. Yeah. So when I before I went to the joint, I was going to college. Right. So when I got out of the joint, I made sure that they had that paper, but I already knew the programs. I was already working with Lucky in the industry when right. I was going to college. Got it. So I used to go to class and like, we're not even worried about you. I, I had my project done the first week that was supposed to be done the whole year. You're one of them dudes. Yeah. You're one of them dudes that gets the work done fast. Yeah. And I like to sit in the front of the class. So I want to soak it up so I could, uh, so I could pertain to what i'm doing to make my life easier you know yeah i was always taught to work hard but i work smarter yeah but what's oh go ahead steve no what i was gonna say was uh uh i've always naturally i don't know maybe it's i'm a tr- part of it's i'm attracted to you are part of his other thing you is are artists in my life close to me okay on the street or whatever and so if there was listen when i get as soon as i get in there bro the very first night this guy's got he's having 10 different conversations with people that are all trying to book his time to get their their, their work done. Right. Dudes on the bunk, dudes keeping an eye out. He, so from the gate, and to me, that's very familiar because that's what I'm used to being around. Right. From cartoon to Frank, to, uh, you know, or, or a graphic artist. I'm just, that's how I get Yeah, that. but you so know what? I, I was going to add something to what you were saying. It's not just artists. You, I noticed something about you, Steve, which is that you, you, you position yourself where you attract people with different world experiences too like like me like who you know it's not just artists you got a lot of different kevin bish all those different dudes you got a lot of different people in your life that you like to be with that you're going to be able to have conversations with that you can't have in other sectors absolutely that's the way you roll absolutely yeah right those are the only conversations i have right and uh so right when when He's like, he's like, yeah, Tat, you know, dude, he's got his gun. He's got another one he's making. He's like, my e, you got your shit stashed. And you so I find myself either keeping point or just hanging while he's tattooing. I'm like standing around. And we just like, that was where I felt comfortable. And the more that he tattooed, I was just like, damn, where he was sketching. I was just like, I pre- it helped me take me out of my zone. That was an escape for me to start talking, discussing, and seeing, and interacting on a creative level. And he was a creative person, and right. I kind of like saw the work he was turning out in the joint with a homemade gun under pressure in a gym. You're not even in the cell. Yeah, you right. got the guards walking. Yeah, yeah, like three dudes pre- 
keeping. You got to have like three dudes that you're taking care of to keep point for you. Meaning you're you're not supposed to be doing that shit. You're not no. right. So you got like a ring of dudes kind of around you, kind of keeping a watch out. Because either they were your brothers, right, or they're the next client. And then right. meanwhile, you're trying to fucking do some fucking old English lettering on someone's fucking fat ass chest. And I was trying. I was just trying to send my share to my kids on the street. Right. You know. I was right. send. I was sending twenty dollars, thirty dollars. I was contributing to my family still. Mm-hmm. They never had to send me shit. Just mm. at the beginning, just to get it. But I found my niche right there. His nine to five. My twenty four seven. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. How hard is it to be a six five dude and do tattooing? Like, is it hard to hunch over? And can you find? Is your hand so fucking big that the little needle shit's fucked up? Like, how do you? Is there anything extra you gotta do? Cause Shaq's gotta have like a special yeah. car. Well, everybody, everybody rusts up. No matter where you're at, you know. I, I had my first back problem at the begin at the beginning of the year. Right. You know, and it was up to me to do what, the little extra to avoid it. But in time, you know, I'm starting to feel my wrist. My my hands lock up. Yeah. It comes with it. You know. Damn. But. You got to like that kind of any kind of thing that you do, you got to come in it, grind and get out of it. Right. So I, I, like I was telling my friend earlier on the way here, I, I told my mom, I'm going to be a millionaire one day. Yeah. You know, I, I told myself I was going to see the Great Wall of China. I just seen it last month. Right. So I got to start working smart and have my money work for me. So I just got to come in, work as hard as I can, learn everything I can and then be chilling when i'm 50 60 years old you know yeah and i'm retiring you, six years that's the goal you hear you hear that you hear that sound dude it sound like a like a like a big lady like walking a, across that like a waterbed or something it sounds like a horse on. chewing on grass no, when you chew it sounds like it's like a little <laughs> oh it does mm. so because i'm missing so many teeth <laughs> so hey, that's I the get, best way to get that stuff that's stuck in there no. sometimes that gum will grab it i parole <laughs> Like he said, leave him a little thing so he knows that I'm legit on what I'm saying. Like that there's a, you know, I want him to reach out to me. Steve's the best. He knows how to do presentation. Yeah. You know that? Before that, yeah. and I'm not going to bullshit, I thought, because I knew he was there for a drug charge. Yeah. In your mind, you're like, I'll see this fool. Right. He's going to bounce back. Yeah, he's coming around. that wasn't the case, you know? Right. Yeah. And uh, I get out and. We were in contact, and then what? And then you were you you got out, and then you got violent. How did that work out? Because remind me of how all that went down. Because we didn't really start to get to hang until after you were out after the the second. Yes. So so I got out, and uh, we linked up. You took me to that concert. We went to the what concert? It was uh, Cypress Hill Mm. at the Shrine. Right, right, right. That this was guy hit me. Like, was I was just out. He's all, "What are you doing this weekend?" And I'm like, "Man, he goes, do you want to go to a concert?" Yeah, fuck it, you know. Right. So we go to a concert, and we're getting the parking pass. I'm like, "Oh fuck," you know. And then we're backstage. He knows I like Cypress Hill. B reels asking me, "I heard you want to smoke a joint with me." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he's all tripping. Yeah, I'm like, I can't right now. And he's like, "Look, I go, I'm on parole. I'm trying to shake this shit." You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, um, I do everything my parole officer says. I, I enrolled in college. Yeah. I'm I had a full time job. Yeah. I'm raising a family. Yeah. Uh I still have contact with my people. Right. My, my homeboys, people I wasn't supposed to hang out with. Right. So some stuff went down. They found out I had a website. 
My website is my clothing line called Unauthorized Inc. The yeah. first three letters is my gang. Right? Got it. My mom's all, why'd you name it that? Mom's still on you. Still on me. <laughs> but now she knows. Right. She goes, that's going to bring so much negative energy towards you. I go, yeah, but if I keep on putting negative energy into it, it's going to keep me where I'm at. I don't want to be there no more. Right. I'm not going to say I'm going to leave it, but I'm going to take it to a different level. If I get pulled over by the cops, I'm still that 18-year-old kid. Right. I'm, they're going to take, I could be 60 years old. They're going to make me take off my shirt, and they want to look at my tattoos. Right. So I say, okay, I'm going to still rep, and I'm going to rep what I love. Right. Something that was never good to me because it always jail time, lose friends, ODs. So it was like, it's, it's, if you're not part of that element, you'll never know. Right. But I, I, I know that I was out there gangbanging. I was out there writing on them walls. Yeah. I know that was my best. I was at my best at those times. When you say best, what do you mean? I was out. I was, I didn't care if I was going to get shot. I didn't care if I was going to get locked up. Why is that your best? Because I put everything I had into it. You were yeah. fully engaged. I was committed. 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 Okay. You hear that, Mr. and Mrs. Headphones? What Big Tiny is saying is, is that, I guess it doesn't matter what it is, but if you want to be at your best, you have to be so fully committed that you don't care what's going to happen to you. You don't care what's going to happen. Right. So when, when, that, when that bell went off in my head, that if I could put all my energy into that negative shit, mm -hmm. imagine if I put it into positive shit mm -hmm. and influence the people around me that I say, hey, homie, you need to strike up that wall or that needs to be handled. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I can influence them on that shit, they could do whatever the fuck they want. And I'm living proof that if I want to go to Amsterdam right now and tattoo and get high, I could do it on an email right in front of you because mm -hmm. I put myself in that position. Right. I worked my ass off. I grinded my ass off. Right. All that energy that I put into that shit, I just transferred it over and it works. So how does a guy go from being in, uh, uh, being in, in prison and then being one of the most sought after tattoo artists in the world and actually able to travel the globe? I think it's uh, perseverance. It's... Uh, it's uh you got you got control of your own destiny. When did you, you when when did you realize that a new door had opened for you for real like uh, materialistically like you're like okay it's starting to happen. I I uh, I could say many things, you know what I mean because my mind was clouded at that time. You know, when I was busted, I started doing heroin. I didn't do heroin before I went to prison. <laughs> I started doing heroin and that was they say now that I look at it, they say the best art comes out of the darkest times of your life. Yeah. Those were dark times. Yeah. You know, no family, no friends, no money, nothing. You're, you know, you could be in the shoe program and you're boxers, you know? Yeah. So how do you escape those places? Reading, educating. What did you read? I read everything that was passive. What did you read that made a fucking difference in your life, Big Tiny, that you can actually sit here and tell other people to read? Everything. Give me one. There's got to be something that you're like, this is a book that meant so much to me. To me, it would have to be the imagination, the new words that I learned daily. You know, something to educate. It wasn't about the story. It wasn't about the morals. It was just feeding the mind, keeping the mind busy. Right. Because if not, you're just going to be stagnant in that cell for the rest of your fucking life. Right. So let me ask you this. 
Was there any, and it's not to be only one, but just what's one that you remember where you learned a word or you learned something and, and you were like, it changed, it was an epiphany for you? Um, I think it has to be the book that I've been reading recently. Which is? The Power of Broke. And what's that about in it's, one it's sense? It's of, uh, I, I, I keep on forgetting his name, but Don't it's, worry the, about it. it's the owner of FUBU. Okay. And how he started his brand by not having money and I, just hustling because it was something he wanted. And FUBU blew up and yep. there's this company. I started a clothing brand that I didn't have the backers. I didn't have mom and pop's money, mm-hmm. but I had the passion. I had the drive. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm getting motherfuckers from China, Russia, people I haven't even met, sending me pictures of my logo tattooed on their face or their head. Mm-hmm. So it was like, dude, we're making an impact. We need to do it fully. And then this book was just like, just showing me you you could start this business to fund this business, and you know you could quit, and but you have Pete, the certain people around you. It was just giving you different stuff. The power of broke. The power of broke. It's a good read, you know. If you if you if you wanna, it, it's about a clothing line. But if you implement those pointers that he's giving you yeah. in any part of your life, it's like, and I've been doing it, and I've been following it. I've been sending a few of my homeboys to go to the seminars. No shit. Yeah, dude. It's like, it's, so part of it is is that when you're broke, you're forced to hustle. You're broke's a great hustle. motivator, right? Yeah, because I could be that rich kid that got. <coughs> A hundred dollar thousand loan. I'm not gonna treat that brand like if I was out there. Okay, I spent twenty bucks. I need to make forty. Right. I need to take my drug mentality into this game. Right. I can't spend my earnings because I got to keep flipping, keep flipping, keep flipping, keep flipping. Once I meet a certain quota, then I can start paying myself. Right. Yeah. You know what is? You know what is so interesting about this conversation? Mm. I'm gonna tell you right now. Okay. First off, being broke is a great motivator it is okay so i i completely get the power of broke right problem go ahead small problem for steve luciano which is is that well i think uh some people here can understand this yeah a guy like me yeah do real well when my back's against the wall and struck to make the gain to get there and then upon some real money, right? Yep. Some success and this and that. If that drive comes from being broke and the broke goes away, where's the drive at? And for me, for a very long time, it was about the hunt. It was about the hunt. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And once the thing's captured, I'm not I'm no longer inspired with I've I've lost. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. And um, you know what? What you're saying is super is super real. It is, and, and now I don't think now now this though I'm not saying applies to everybody. There's something very different about me and Tiny. Tiny's not a drug addict. I've done lots of drugs with Tiny, and I still do drugs. So right, it's like, and it's he like, still does it. But he's able to carry his life on. He doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he doesn't, but under, he doesn't really understand or get the addiction part of it because he doesn't have that. Yeah, but I don't know that. I don't know that. So what you described as this once once the hunt's over, I'm no no longer into. It. I look at that because I have a similar tendency, which is a deadline or a finish line mentality. Mm-hmm. Like I can do a whole 
bunch of work as long as I know it's going to end one day. <laughs> right? Like, as long as, yeah, if I know in like a week it's over, uh-huh. oh, I can work 24 hours a day. But if you were to say to me, it's, no, you're going to work 24 hours a day for the rest of your life, <laughs> then I'm like, mm, I don't know. It's like, that's a heartbreaker. It's hard to swallow. Hard to swallow. But part of that is, uh, that finish line that I've captured the animal, I don't need to trip right now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's an addiction thing as much as I think it's a not in love with the process thing. It, you're absolutely right. How it falls apart for me yeah, is an addiction thing. It's kind of how it plays out. Right, right. Because of the part you talked about, boredom. Right. You're being bored. But you're absolutely, and that's the point that I want to get to, is that... I had to come to a place to learn, to fall in love with what I was doing. And see, a lot of what I was doing, I was doing because it made me money. Right. But I wasn't necessarily in love with it. You know, you talk about sales, you're the greatest sales guy. I'm really not. I really was more creative, but I had to do sales because nobody else was going to do them. And then that worked for me. But day-to-day sales and sales reports and managing was not my, you know what I'm saying? Dude, it takes a very special individual to actually enjoy that. Right. And the creative part, and and me kind of starting to go after different things in my life. There's not a finish line. There's never a finish line. There's never a finish line. But yes, there's some goals I have, but the whole time I'm doing it, I'm doing what I love. I'm having yes. a good time. Yes. But hold on a second. You know what? Now, when you take what Steve's saying, what I'm saying, and you twist it a second, you know, I was thinking about this big tiny when you were talking about it. You have the intellectual capacity to do that schoolwork or that learning in a faster amount of time than everyone else. And I found myself wondering, has Big Tiny actually ever really pushed himself to his full potential when it comes to his actual intellectual capabilities? No. Right, so that's the finish line, Steve. That's the finish line. You got to a place where you're like, I'm going to do a little bit of this work, and then I'm going to let the intellectual shit slide. Instead of being like, you know what? This, this, this skill, very rare on this fucking planet, do you ever have a guy that's 6'5 and brilliant? I mean, that shit, it never happens. Never. <laughs> well, it is out there, you know? No, but it's rare. You know what I'm but saying. But from the California prison system, no. It's very rare. It's rare. So you, my friend, I mean, I just met you, and I, and, 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 and I have a lot of respect for you, so this is why I'm saying it. Based on what you just told me, where they said, we're going to take this giant fucking Latin Shaquille O'Neal, and we're going to push him up ahead in math because he's got the capacity... I almost feel like there should not be a day that goes by that you are not stretching yourself mentally. And I'm not even just talking about food because a business and clothing, you yeah, can yeah. learn that shit. Oh, yeah. But you might have some, I mean, dude, you're in China, you're in Japan, right? Have, when, when are you going to take yourself to the next level in terms of your intellectual capabilities? Today, every day. Every day that I breathe, I got to come at my best. You know what I mean? What's the best for you when we talk about intellectual capabilities? Leaving a fucking uh, uh, an imprint, people that I meet. 
Mm-hmm. That's the most important part of my being. You know, people come here, they want to, they, they, like my daughter, she goes, Dad, when are you going to be successful? When are you going to, when are we going to be rich, successful? <laughs> I'm like, babe, I'm fucking mm-hmm. rich as fuck. Right. I have internet. Right. I have a cell phone. Right. I go to work every day and do something I love, leaving marks all around the world. I, I get to do whatever I want. That's success. I'm happy. You know, I have no stress. The only stress that I have in my life, yeah. and I'm sorry to say this, Go ahead. is my baby's mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love her to death. My best friend. Mm. But she's the one that pushes me the most. She gives me that stress because sometimes she don't believe it and, and I have to reflect on it and then apply it to myself and it mm. just keeps me going, you know. Another guy with a woman that's pushing yeah. him. That's my that's that's what I got. You know, and, I got and, a fucking I, I got a Chapina man and she is fucking on my ass day and night. And you know what's crazy? <laughs> me and my baby's mom, we're not together no more. Mm. But we talk every day like we are. That's my best friend. She's been in my life for twenty two something years. Mm-hmm. We have four kids, four grandkids. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's like, uh, um, you know, she's like my, she's, I need her to bounce off to. In life. She's your muse. Yeah, dude, you know, and, and like, I, I see myself with her in the future. Yeah. But right now, she's giving me the space. Like, she finally realized it because, okay, there's, you know, there's people that want their spouse at home. Mm-hmm. Nine to five. Mm-hmm. My life didn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. You know, my life happened. She was there for me in prison. I'm out here. I'm still in prison because I'm doing FaceTime calls from hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. I'm not home. Mm-hmm. But I'm out there doing something that's going to take care of my great-grandkids mm-hmm. and pass it on. And it's to a point where she's realizing that and she's like, okay, you got to go do whatever the fuck you got to do now. You know, pushing me to do a certain thing that I, that was not in my box. Which is what? Like we did an art piece for uh, uh, for Tribal. I was in, I was on tour through Europe and Thailand and they sent me this thing and it came in and I started drawing. It went to a point where it's a 24 by 36. I had one of my customers say, hey, I need some fucking, some speed. He's like, what do you need it for? I go, I got to do this drawing. I got to get it done. Backs <laughs> against the wall. Did the speed, fucking started drawing. <laughs> Eight fell asleep. Right? It's not the same shit that was back then. Yeah. Then I, then someone else goes, hey, have you ever tried Adderall? Give me Adderall. <laughs> Did it. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Fell asleep. Woke up at four in the morning. I'm out there watering my grass. Fucking sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't working on that. I wasn't budget. working on it because it was like a mind fuck. So right. I called the homie. He said, I don't know, dog. It's going to be late. And then she goes, why don't you do like some fucking wheat pasting? I'm like, wheat pasting. So we started looking online and I came up with this piece and I got the best reaction from that piece from all these artists. Like it was not the typical bars in California and fucking, you know, what's expected from me. Yeah. It was a totally different piece, and the reaction I got from the people was like, wow. What is wheat pasting for people who don't know art? Well, it's like you get your image, you print it on a piece of paper, yeah. you make this concoction of flour and water that makes it sticky, right? and then you just you lather up the wall with the brush, put the paper on, and then hit it with the, the, the paste again, and it's real hard to peel off when you're trying to take it off uh it's like, and it comes like it almost translucent yeah. and bleeds into the whatever and it is. And it's hard to come off. It just rips. Yeah. You can't get it off. Yeah, once pull. it dries, it's, it's not coming down. Kind of like paper mache. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's Same like stuff. paper mache right. on something. Yeah, so that. Like, like, and she inspired you to do that. Yes. 
Yeah, you see, you got that's an example. That's just one of many examples one of, of many what people, she yeah pushes you down lanes you, know you don't want to go. The reason why I'm asking you about the intellectual thing is because uh, that's a passion of mine. Intellectual development, <sighs> yes, like bless ideas. You. Bless you, like ideas, like beyond whatever. So I study like Slavoj Zizek. I study. Catherine Malibu, I study Jacques Lacan. I am right now reading a book about the where physics and art meet up. Starts off in the dark age. It actually starts off in Greek times and talks about what Greek art was like and what was going on philosophically at the time and shows the relationship all the way. Right now, I'm in the Renaissance, right? For the same reason you're saying, which is like, I don't know. I need to feed the beast all the time, right? Like I got to feed the mind all the time, but I got to feed it high level shit. Now, back in the day, it would have been enough that, oh, I got a textbook on X, Y, and Z, but I'm beyond that now. Like I got to find my own books and I got to be inspired and I got to find new things and I got to whatever. And I'm looking at you and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, that's you. You need that. You need, I mean, I, I know I just met you, but I don't know why, but I'm telling you, if a guy has the kind of brain and is an artist that you have, you should be exposed to some avant-garde shit and or not just from an art perspective, but I'm talking about from um, a philosophical perspective, new modes of thought, new ways of looking at things. You don't have to agree with it. You don't even have to like it. Right. But what do you think would happen to you if you started feeding yourself in the brain these real far out outside concepts that would allow you to then do what your subconscious is going to do with it? As far as right now, as I could say right now, um, I notice the past that I've taken. Yeah. The people that I've met. Yeah the way I implemented in my life today. Uh, I don't want to sound like, I don't want to put myself out there like I don't need it, mm. but I'm finding my formula. You know, I want to say, I don't want to say it's too cliche. Like look at Nipsey Hussle. Right. That dude was selling drugs, started selling shit out of his fucking trunk. Yeah. Bought the whole block and got this whole worldwide legacy. Right. He accomplished his time here on life. Hmm. I'm accomplishing stuff little by little. Yeah. I have a clothing brand that went worldwide. Yeah. Even though we're not making the money, yeah. like all these big brands, but is it about money? No. It's not. Nope. At the end of the day, it's, it's, I still print my shit. I print my T, I gave Lucky a bag of t-shirts. I printed those. Mm. Because if I tattoo you, it's gonna be with my hand. If I'm gonna do my logo, it's gonna be from my computer. Right. If you're wearing my t-shirt, I printed that for you. Right. So I just take everything. I put my passion into it. And everybody I meet, I, 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 I collect a part of them. I just, I just feel like their energy is trans. I, I believe in energy a lot. Yeah. Energy is everything. I could walk in this room with a whole different, I could have put a gas, I could put a different face and brought a whole different energy in here. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, but, so like, so when we leave, you know what I mean? It's like, Everyone's going to learn something from right here. I'm going to learn something from you. Yep. I'm going to learn something from him. I'm gonna learn something. So it's like you need to put your where you're at. You need to you need to uh, like 
suck up the game. You need, you need to soak it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. You need to soak it up. And like by you putting me to me, you need to read these books. You know, I might go and look. Right. But as of right now, what I'm doing from what I did 10 years ago, yeah. I just got to wake up every day and keep, I can't stop. Right. Steve, what are you hearing in this conversation that Tiny and I are having right now? I'm hearing a lot of things, but I, what I, one thing I am gravitating towards is Tiny's definitely that guy that you'll throw something in the air and maybe in six months or a year, yeah. he'll go and be like, hey, dude, you know what? I checked that or, or some shit like that. So you might be feeding something to him for the future because he, he does remember a lot of shit. He takes in a lot of stuff. But, but um, what I'm learning here, man, is just... I'm, I'm, how old are you, Tiny? 43. Okay, so you and Chumahan are roughly about the same age. I'm almost 10 years, you know, I'm out there, eight, 10 years older. But what I'm listening to, man, is I'm listening to your position, your game plan, your goals, your vision of where you're at and how you're getting there. But I'm also listening to the growth of somebody that was in their 20s when I met them. And, and and from watching and now getting to hear your, how you do it and where you're at with it. Um, that's, uh, I'm just, it's yeah. really interesting, man, because I haven't gotten to sit and really talk how, to. And, and how many times have you ever heard me, like on our show, really come out and like singly, expressly tell somebody like, hey, you are the kind of guy that needs to read way more books? No, I haven't heard you say that to anybody. Yeah. So what I'm saying to you yeah. is, is I'm recognizing something in you, and I'm supporting that. I'm not saying what you're doing. I'm not even making any kind and, of. And that and that means a lot, you know, because like you said, I might hit you through Instagram. What was that book? Hey, every you single time, mean? every single time. But I, I definitely, um, bro, you're you're you 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 taking the ball, man. I mean, let, let's talk about it. Yeah. We went to Japan. Yes, right? yeah, me and you, first time. You right. guys went to Japan together? Yes. Yeah, I can't even, was he there with Polly B or was no, it just no, no. you guys? This is way later. I have contacts that I've been working with in Japan. I've been to Japan about seven, eight times. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot going on with tattooing and with them in love with our culture out here. And uh, What kind of trouble did you guys get up to in Japan? Not too much. I mean, we were pretty much on a good path. I think I brought Vincent with me. Yeah. Dude. Vincent. And we got to, we went to Japan, man. And it was like. <sighs> you guys must have scared the shit out of Japanese people. Well, I think that me and him were in some pictures together. And maybe somebody was like, hey, what's up with your boy? And I was like, dude, he's a badass tattoo artist. And he does this. Oh, he does tattoos. I go, yeah, he's bad. Maybe he come for tattooing. Oh yeah, let's set up a whole thing. And so we ended up took him with me, introduced him to all the guys. We hit a couple different cities, and this guy, man, as soon as he got out there, he just like he was on it. He was so excited to go to Japan, so pumped up, and he had like a plan. I don't know what the plan was, but he's very open to the whole thing. And as soon as we land there, he's like taking notes, shaking hands. You were on it from the gate, man. And they just loved them. And let me just tell you something. There might be worse tattoo artists and better tattoo artists than Tiny. But there wasn't anybody that was more enthusiastic than he was. That's that energy he was talking the about. The energy he brought 
and him just being a kind, humble, I'll fuck with you. You, they, you know, they'd be a little bit timid on how they'd approach him. Yeah, of they course. And, 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 <laughs> and, and Tiny's just like, it's all good, man. Get in here, bro. We can do this. And dude, they felt immediately very comfortable with Tiny. And, and okay, let me get your number. And, and they felt like they could build with him. He wasn't like too good for this shit. Hey, you don't, you know, he wasn't like that. He went very humble. And they're humble people. And, and Big Tiny, what up. was it like for you to be in Japan for the first time? Man, it was crazy because one of my homeboys, he's half Japanese, half Mexican. and They call that Jexican. Jexican. So we, uh, growing up with him, I ate sushi and then had dreams like, I want to go to Japan one day. Right. That was an epiphany that I, I had. Yeah. So when that opportunity came, when I got the call and I see a, ticket in my email it brought tears in my i was in the shower the morning i was going to my airport the airport i was crying yeah i'm like is this fucking real right is this real so when i get over there it was just like i'm telling tiny they're gonna, they're gonna take care of us dog don't even trip they're gonna treat us like celebs, right yeah. uh, man the best like the japanese are wired different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean like there was a time that after that I went there, I was looking at a game, and over there they were paying me fucking big money for tattoos. Right. I think the second time I went, I went for uh, a month and a half. I made sixty thousand dollars. Nice. I had to fly people out to carry it back. Right. So the money was just <laughs> coming in, and it was just they just really took care of me. You know what I mean? It's like and everyone that I brought. It was just it was just the trip. Nothing that you could have ever imagined. You know, I take people, I think they treat you like a god out here. What did your parents say about this successful trip? They must have been overjoyed. They just didn't believe it, you know? Because it was too big for them to put their mind Let me tell you in. something, bro. Let me, let me, I'm going to interrupt for a second. People be like, oh, I got to go tattoo. Just go out there and get this money. Dude, I've been there with, with cartoon many times, with him, with you. It's not just showing up and you're just getting all this money. You've got to be ready. To fucking lay ink and do tattoos and listen to people's shit or whatever for hours. And I'm talking about you're you're tattooing eighteen imagine tattooing eighteen hours in a day. No, I can't. They come in, you're spending fucking seven, eight hours, dude. And then boom, next wrap it up. I can't next, right? That's how you're working. Six, seven days a week, right? Like a Japanese. You're just they're, they're, they're grinding, cultures, dude. Just grind. It's like, and yes, you're going to make the money, uh-huh. but do not think you're going to come in. It's not easy money. It, it's not easy money. It's not, man. It's hard fucking, dude. It's hard. And I've seen cartoon knock out fucking 14, 16 hour days, bro. The food has to be delivered because he can't get up and go anywhere. Eat real quick, take a piss, smoke, take a hit of the joint, and right back. And I'm talking about day after day. And yeah. You you making the money because you're not spending shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just stacking it because you can't leave. Right. But it's that's that's hard. That's a type of work, bro. That somebody like me, I couldn't. Yeah, it's, it's not too it's much not, it's not for everybody. So when you land in Japan, your dream has come true. Like, what's the first thing that you did that you felt like? What what is what's some shit that you did that fulfilled some <laughs> dreams for you in Japan? Eat the food. <laughs> what'd you eat dude you we ate went, everything we went to this noodle spot yeah remember? the ramen spot we went to the ramen, ramen spot. spot how it, was it? it i still go there <laughs> bomb the ramen oh, oh it's God. so good bro and then we had shoppers I mean, my main thing was to eat and to see buildings like see 
culture. Like what buildings did you did you go to Osaka Castle or no? We just stayed in Chiba and they had their own like every town has their own temples and architecture. I mean, it was just the lights, the just the people. It's like you're there. Okay, picture yourself in a country where it's only one race. Oh, I've been there. So it's you know what I mean. I've been to Greece. I've been to fucking Thailand. I've been to fucking India. I've been to those places. And the first thing you go is like, hey, everybody here is the fucking the (laughs) The same. same. Yeah, crazy. Everybody's the same. And then as me going out there, I think, fuck, they might look, they didn't care about me. Right, right, right. I got to believe, though, that a lot of the Japanese would be just shocked by your size. Like, just, man, this is a guy, this guy is fucking big. Ah. I got it once, and it was from a little girl. Yeah, I was in Toys R Us looking for some toys for my kids. Yeah, and she ran around the corner and she froze. <laughs> I started crying. I'm like, no, no, don't Godzilla. Cry. Listen, when I was my dad, my dad was not as tall as you. He was only six foot, but he was a big fat dude, right? So he's like 300 pounds, 380 pounds. Okay, when we went to India, cause those people are skinny. Yeah, right. And like over there, we went at the time where in India it was still like, oh, you must be rich because you're fat. Right. Right? That was like a big deal. They wanted to rub up on his back. They did. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did. wanted to rub on him. They like. rubbed up on him. They called him <laughs> they called him big guy. Hey, big guy, big guy. They would follow him around. He had yeah, yeah. grown men following him because he was fat. And they would ask him, like, did you eat a water buffalo? You know, like, how did you get that? And, you know, That's they crazy. would stand in line for my dad would pick them up. You know, they all probably weighed 125 pounds. Right, grown right. men standing in line to get picked up by my dad because they'd never seen anybody that big. So I just wondering... In Japan, I guess it's not like that because they have a different type <laughs> yeah, of culture. Culture. Yeah. They didn't. They weren't lining up. Yeah, every, every place is I, I, I know you're a, you're a loyal man to your baby mom and all that stuff, but any of these Japanese women, like, hey, shabu shabu later tonight. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this. <laughs> so take us take us on. Kind of, I want you to move us into like, all right. So you you start tattooing. And your name of your tattoo company, website, start, how, how does this all unfold and what's going on to, dude, because every time I talk to you, you're flying around. Are you? It's an appointment thing. You have a clothing brand. Kind of like bring us up to speed with what goes on in your world on a day-to-day. On my day-to-day, I, I got my hands in all kinds of stuff. I know stuff. you do a lot of stuff with Psycho Realm as well. Yes, I'm the art director for Psycho Realm, so that's where the graphic part comes out okay you design what uh stage props cd stage covers props everything? uh cd covers uh art direction of the catalog okay um and then that's where my photography and my uh, uh cinematography come into play mm-hmm. so i got those avenues and then i have a clothing brand that okay. uh, i started when i got out and um you know we're at we're at a point it's been what almost 18 years almost eight, no, say 17 years that we've put into this clothing brand where it's like people are seeing it now. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a backing. I didn't have mom and dad's money. It's just been passion and getting it out there. So when we travel, we're out there. We're in, we're, we're you know, we're a brand and I could speak. There's only maybe a couple other brands that could do it, but we're in Vario Pablo Escobar at night, sniffing Coke, smoking weed, doing a photo shoot. We're in the favelas in Brazil where no cops and no people. We're in places where people can't get, and it's all love. And that's what transpires through our brand. And How do people in the favelas find out about your shit? Well, uh, a lot of it has to do with, like, we tour with, with Cycle Realm. Got it. 
And Jack's so open to us because, okay, if we're going with Cycle Round, let's say if you're going, okay, say if we're going for a certain brand, you're only out there for that brand. Right. I can't, I can't be someone that comes around and promotes my brand on someone else's ticket because right. his brand pays for us to go mm-hmm. to do our part for the band. Mm-hmm. But he lets us run with what we want to do, and a lot of people don't do that. Right. So we get to put our T-shirts on them. We get a tattoo. We get to sell our merch. We get to do what we could do for our brand. Right. And that's helped a lot. Did Tiny officially say what his clothing brand is yet on the show? Did my, you? And my clothing brand is Unauthorized Ink, or short Una Ink. Una Ink. Now, uh, that's a brilliant name because Ink is I-N-K and Ink is I-N-C as Incorporated. But ours is I-N-K Incorporated. Right. So it's yeah. technically it's Unauthorized Ink, Ink. Yes. Right? Yeah. I fucking love that. That's genius. And it's like, why unauthorized? I said, still, t- you know, we do everything that we don't have permission to do. Right. Who the fuck needs permission? It's better if you don't have it. Yeah. I can tell you there's a lot of activities that I've done in my life. It was way hotter without permission than yeah. it was with permission. Look at our president. <laughs> <laughs> he gets away with it. So it's like, why, yeah, can't, why they, can't I? I feel like they got him finally. Yeah. I, f- I feel like his foot's in the bear trap right about now. It's whatever happens behind, behind closed doors happens. That's true. It's that, not up to the people no more. That's true. We were just talking about mm, that. Mm, mm, okay. Mm. So you got the clothing. What else you got going on? Uh, I just, uh, um, earlier this year, um, I did a, a machine with Bishop Rotary, which is one of the biggest rotary machine in the world company, the owned by Franco Viscovi. And they released a big unauthorized ink by Big Tiny tattoo machine. And that was very, that was very big because A, I left the mark in this world. When I die, that machine is going to be in someone's drawer right. after I'm gone. So right. I, I left a legacy. Two, it's like I'm not the best artist, but I was put on the same. Cartoon has a machine through them. Right. I have a machine with them. So I'm up there, maybe not by numbers and followers and other, but I have the respect. Right. You know? Right. So that was real big for the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, we just did a machine with Norm. We just passed away. Rest in peace, Norm. Uh, we did a machine with him, and we released both machines in one month. I don't know another tattoo artist that released a, mach- a rotary and a coil in the same month hmm. by two big influential companies and person in the world. Right. I know no, something must no. be going right with Big Tiny because the dude's walking around with his own personal photographer. Mm-hmm. Right? No, yeah. that's just the brother. You know, he's in town, and I asked him if he wanted to come check it out and could take some what, pictures. What's I this? bet there's always a brother in town. That yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Guys releasing machines. Mm-hmm. He's fucking seeing the Great Wall of China. Filming okay, his own biography. You saw. You were traveling in China. You saw the Great Wall. Is the wall in fact great? <laughs> it's mind blowing. Is it just how do they build it? These mountains are like this, like they're like these mountains is not just a straight mountain with the wall on it. These mountains go up, down, highest points, lowest points. And that wall is just like, how do they build that? The manpower. How do they get the material up there? Right. That's exactly right. It's like crazy. It's it's just mind blowing. And it's the whole border of that country 
So, uh, what's your what's the brother? What's your what's the guy who's in town? What's his name? My brother Kyle Ito. He's from Hawaii. I met him. Uh, Kyle uh, Ito from Hawaii. Yes, I met him eleven years ago through a mutual friend, and he has his own brand called Moles Fiber, MolesFiber dot com, and same same connection like I have right here is with him. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It could be months that I haven't talked to him. Yeah. Years I haven't seen him, but every time we meet, it's like the last time we left off. So, yeah. Kyle Ito. No, in no relation to Lance Ito? No? All right. Hey, Kyle, why don't you come over here, shy guy? He's a shy guy kind of, huh? A little shy? Yeah. He's yeah. shy. Kyle, get down the mic. Put down the goddamn camera and get on the goddamn mic. <laughs> so how did you meet Big Tiny? Through uh, a mutual friend, uh, Mike. Mike. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He has a brand, too, and... uh. I think we need art from Tiny, or so we wanted to work with Tiny, and he introduced us. Right on. And then what's on your hat here? It looks all like from a distance. You're like, oh, does that New York? Yeah, and then you, do you see that? What is that? That's the love letters hat it's from Norm. Love letters tattoo. Oh, really? Yeah. From, That's uh, dope. Chaz. Okay. okay. Right on. All and right. then uh, and dope. then so you're from Hawaii. Where in Hawaii are you from? Come on, man. Uh, I'm from Oahu, from Aiea. Uh, okay. And yeah. uh, your family background is what? Uh, Japanese. Right on. So Hawaiian Japanese, man. Yeah. Wherever you go, you big tiny. Good, this guy's got some good ink on him. Yeah, what yeah. kind of ink does he got? What is that? This is Eric Marcinez in. Damn. Uh, Zodak, uh, Takizo, Tiny. Yeah. Yeah. The good tattoo. The, good the, art. Yeah, mm -hmm. the good tattoos from Tiny. Yeah. Ooh, he's got a bunch <laughs> of good art on him. You still, oh. living, you still living in Hawaii? Yeah, who would stop living in Hawaii if you lived in Hawaii? I That's lived right. there for a year of my life, or almost two, a year and a half. Oh, I would love that. I would think that you'd be able to hang with the Simones in uh, Hawaii. Aren't you part? No, my, my brother, Creeper, who's my partner of the company, Yeah, his older brother's my best friend. And uh, when we were in ninth grade, my, my best friend got shot in the face. What? Yeah, he got shot right in the face. Survived. And at that point, I took- How did he survive a shot in the face? By the grace of God. You no, know but I mean, mean, like, did the bullet go through? It, it ricocheted off his uh, tooth and blew up in his mouth. God damn. But at that time before that, I was, I was, I was hanging out with this Hawaiian family. And then uh, I just adapted the Hawaiian culture into my life, you know? Right. And so uh, when I uh, got into trouble, when I caught my case, when they were looking for me, I was going to go to Mexico- and my homeboy's dad. Oh, that's the Great Wall of China calling yeah. Tiny right now. So uh, uh, he sent me to Hawaii. I, w I always wanted to go over there. Well, yeah. I, vi I visited my brother when he was over there because he went to go live out there. And then when I got in trouble, he sent me back. And just the aloha, you know, when I walked, this town that I was in is Haula. It's on the North Shore, North Shore, East Side of Hawaii. Yeah. And it's a real local town. Right. So no howlies, no outsiders, no bullshit, no bullshit. If yeah. you didn't belong in the community, hey, we 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 stay, where you from, you know? Yeah. And I got that when I'm in the water, you know. And as soon as I said the family name, done deal. Right. So I could go to these this town and walk around like nothing. And right. Taking my kids and they had that that uh, that plug like, you know, we're safe here. Right. Because everyone thinks Hawaii. No, you go to some surfing area that you don't belong. Oh right. Go to a park and super get, pick up that piece of trash, or you know what I mean. Yep. 
Yep, super territorial. That's how, that's how it was when I was there. You got to be that way because, listen, the last time the Hawaiians were slipping on letting people on the island, look what the fuck happened. They didn't slip. They got taken over. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Well, actually, I read Captain Cook's uh, and a lot of other explorers' things, and um, they tried. There was a lot of like, okay, well, we'll let you be, you know visit here, and you can do whatever, and all these Polynesian islands did that, and then once the Americans or the British or whoever it was got a foothold, it was cool, and then they took it over. Yeah, I so that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, they, you gotta be, you can't just be hospitable anymore. You gotta be like, yo, you stay off on a fucking boat, do not set foot on this fucking beautiful <laughs> paradise, because we already fucked up once, and we don't want to nah. have this motherfucking shit happen again. Yeah, but at that time, then people didn't know their attentions. Oh, of course. We were there to trade. Well, of course. Hey, you're talking to an American Indian. Yeah. I understand the whole fucking yeah. thing. Hey, did you guys tell Kyle Ito that in Spanish, Kyle Ito means little Kyle? <laughs> Kyle Ito, right? Isn't that what that Itos. is? Ito. Ito. Kyle Ito. Kyle Ito. Kyle Ito. <laughs> right? You heard that before? <laughs> All right. There you go. So let me ask you this. So, so and let me just say one other thing is uh, one thing I've noticed that you do is is you put you put your homies all to work for you are you you know at the best you could yeah i know your homies that your own homeboys that have struggled and you've you've you're like man that dude's getting out i'm gonna put him to work i'm gonna wait for this guy you know um so you've been able to you've been able to help out some of the dudes yeah. around you as well it's only right it's only right to do something that was done for me as in your sense you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh Coming out of the system's hard, you know. It, it, people want to talk about struggle on Facebook. You don't know what a fucking struggle is. If you don't have an addiction, if you don't have the support, if you don't, if you if you come out and they tell you you're leaving this door, you got two hundred dollars. What am I supposed to do with two hundred dollars? How am I start my life with two hundred dollars? You're supposed to get a hotel, buy some work clothes, buy bologna, and have a job the next day. It's crazy. Bullshit. That's fucking crazy. They want to put you back where you grew up. You can't talk to these people because you're affiliated. Right. If you don't talk to them, you're gonna look like you ratted on somebody. Right. Or like you, there's a problem. There's a problem. So they put you back. It's just a system. It's just a. It's a big money making system. Look, dude. I'm gonna tell you something. I know uh, guys that are 20 years old and younger. And they still live at home. And even they can't get a job in Baloney in the very next day. Yeah. Like, they can't get their shit together in the very next day. I don't see how they expect a guy to come out of the institution yeah. and do it. And, they, and then they, they told me there's a lot of people that in there say, like I told one of the homies, rest in peace. He, I told him, I'm going to be in a magazine one day. Yeah. And some guy's like, fuck, no, you're not. You're going to be right here doing the same shit, putting that same needle in your arm. And I'm like, watch. Me. That's hater shit. It was it's 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 motivational. That's hater shit. You know? Yeah, you gotta take hater. You gotta take the hater and you gotta turn it into motivation. The, but that's hater the, shit. The haters people, are your biggest fans. That's it, baby. Uh, that's exactly so, right. So it's just that that process of it's on the individual. Everybody has the same opportunity. Everybody came into this world breathing, seeing, touching, smelling. It's on the individual to scratch their head, find their niche, and go after it. Right. I agree with that. I agree with that too. I don't know if there's anything more to add to that. No, there. That's it, bro. We, you know. Yeah. It is, man. Yeah, you said it, dude. You do. You make your own destiny, man. That's it. And we're, like in, I, we're in. We're in control. Yes, there's God. Yes, there's a higher power. Yes, there's a bigger energy. And all that, all that's done is provided everything to us to go 
create whatever me, we want to do. Let me want. tell you something that might sound crazy. Mm. And right. I've been told this. Good. This is the place to say it, by the yeah. way. Okay, so religion. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was raised in uh, a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm of Aztec descent where we pray to the sun, the mm-hmm. moon, the stars. Right. Totally different system. That shit was stripped from us and it was taken from us. They bring this religion from over here. If you don't believe it, we'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Okay, much. so now majority of my people are Catholic. They pray to this dude that's you can't touch, feel, whatever, right? So by me reading and uh, overlooking stuff and analyzing stuff, I'm God to me. Right. If I don't right. believe in myself, right. I'm not going to get shit done. Right. I don't hope for nothing. Hope's a fake word because every time I hoped, I waited. I hope I get this job. Sounds like Dave Ledger. I, I hope yeah. I. I hope I get this, mm-hmm. and then when it doesn't happen, it, it breaks down my. Whatever it is that these kids have these days, it puts them into depression, the ego, whatever. Failure. You have to fail in life. You have to. You have to. You have to. You have to. If you're but, gonna learn anything, but if you if fail says failure, that's a different story. If you're a failure, you're fucking. You have no hope. If you're a failure, it's because you failed and then quit. And quit. And quit. If you don't fail, like stuff in life, like I'm to a point in my life, fuck it. Man, I just had a, uh, I just had a flat. Fuck, man. Before I was like, God damn, when we get this fucking money, you know what? I worked my ass off, so I was like, ah, whatever. Let me tell you something. The ancient Greeks, <clears throat> there's a myth called Pandora's box, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I know you guys have heard of the term Pandora's box, right? All the evils in the world were inside uh, Pandora's box. And the whole point of it was that the curiosity got the woman. She opened it up and let all that shit out in the world. Disease, mm-hmm. you know, old age, all the things you don't like. You want to know what's the one thing that was also in there that they considered to be one of the evils of the world? Hope. Hope. Really? No That's kidding. crazy. Hope you go read Pandora's, but and it's one of the things that a lot of the I'm read that now. A lot of the fucking um, academics and the historians and the and the and the, and the ancient philosopher. One of the things they've always contemplated is why did the Greeks put hope in one of the evil things? And it might be because of what you said, which is it's like this sort of passive way of hoping that something's going to fall into your lap instead of being active and going after it and taking ownership of the circumstances, a lot of which you can't control. Shit, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. I was like, people don't, I don't think people are grateful enough for the fact of being born. Like, I really don't. And when I was there with my daughter and my wife and I saw what happened to her vagina and I saw all the blood and guts and the fucking tubes and the fucking stink and the screams and the pain, I was like, you know what? When you come into this world it's not a nice, quiet affair. <laughs> no, you come it's in violent, a, man. You come into this world <sighs> in a violent battle. Yeah, with the person that's actually making you live. Right. You almost could kill her and you. Yep. You're yep. on the knife's edge. That's how you come in. Many, many people have died giving birth. Yes. yes. And so, Wick, I think about that, and I'm like, you know, not enough people. Like, you want to talk about getting jumped into the game? Yeah. Right. That's the yeah. biggest. That's the yeah. vagina yeah, so get jumped in. Right yeah. into the human. And I think about that and I'm like, it's true. Your parents do play a role to a certain extent. I'm not going to deny that. But I feel like 
if you focus more on the fact that, dude, when you came in, you weren't even guaranteed uh, to be make it to this world, right? And you made it. Like you can, you, you have some choice. You have an ability as a human being to take such ownership of your life that you can keep a seed, a kernel of a dream inside of you that nobody can touch. They can take away your shoes. They can take away, they can give you a flat. They can put you in prison. They put guys in prison all the time and they come and they go, you can, you can, you can take all this stuff away from me. Right. But what you can't take away from me is a fucking dream. Right. You could do what you want, but inside I'm the king. Yep. Inside I'm the fucking king. Yep. Right. I learned this from this guy who's a POW in Vietnam, Colonel. And he was like, they used to fucking, I was in this little bamboo fucking thing. He said there were centipedes crawling up my ass. He was like fucking hearing my men screaming and the other thing. And I was there for years. He was like, I was there for years. And I was like listening to this, just stunned. He's like, I was there for years. And he's like, I didn't even know if they were coming to get me. I didn't even know that. I'm in a fucking bamboo prison with some mean motherfuckers out there who didn't give a shit. I had fucking scabs and lesions and all shit. He's like, but you know what? And then one day, my whole life changed in that little bamboo prison cell. And he said, because I realized they couldn't touch me inside. I'm the king. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. And he survived yeah. it. And then he was coming in and told me, and I was a little fat kid, and I listened to that, and I was like, man, and that got me, that got me a long ways out of some trouble that you know about, Steve, like a long ways to give me something to think about. Yeah. So I agree with you, Big Tiny. I hit those, I hit those spaces in, in shoe programs. Like, they can do all this shit. Right. But you can't take what I got. You know what I'm saying? Right. Inside, man. That's me. Like, I read this thing not too long ago. That um, why should anybody else's actions or words um, make how you feel? Right, I can change. You know what I mean? Like if you did something fucked up right now, why should that affect me? Right, of course. Why? Why should I give you? I don't have that power. Right. Why should I give you that power? Totally. So like my stress levels nowadays are very minimal. I'm always walking around with a smile on my face. Right. There's an old term, tiny. If I hand you a plate of shit, right, and you take it, whose shit is it? <laughs> my shit. That's right, dog. <laughs> it's my shit. And if you don't take it, it's mine, brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a yeah. Good. That's a great one. <laughs> Man, bro, so do us a favor, Tiny. Plug us up here. Give us some, uh, give us some website where do we go to find you people want to keep up with you people want to follow you people want to tattoo from you they need some art direction some logos worldwide what do they do yeah well what's active right now is instagram which is mm-hmm. big tiny underscore ui okay then i have my clothing brand which is at unauthorized inc and from there you can find all my other websites websites and, everything else. and all that stuff but that's that's my uh that's my network right there. I know we're going to uh, hashtag at, as this show goes up, we'll make sure we hashtag, we at everything. Um, what's on your, let me just ask you, what's up with the end of the year? What's the rest of your year look like? Are you in town, out of town? As far as traveling? Yeah. Uh, we go on tour at the end of this month through Mexico with the Cycle Realm. 
Okay. We got a seven-show tour then, and then we come back, and then I go to, for, to Hawaii for two weeks. Nice. Just to go chill. Right. Know? And then I don't want to even look at next year because I know it's going to be crazier than this year was. We were active all year. We were all over the world. You know? Nice. It's just it's just been crazy how it's going, and it's a blessing. You know, it's just I don't know where my end point is at, but I know when it's there, I'm still gonna be here when I'm gone. Yeah, and that's like an you know, and it, and it, and it derives from me defacing people's property. You know, I wanted my name to be seen, yeah. and uh, I just took the same element and did it in a whole different way. Shit. It's I being seen, bro. You're doing it, bro. I'm so proud of you, man. I'm so, I, you know, I really am proud to be able to say um, that you're a friend of mine, that we've been on this journey together for a while. Um, I look forward to what we're going to do in the future. Ah, uh, yeah, you know? always. And uh, Go back to Japan. Freak yeah, some we'll dudes go back out. to Japan. We're going to go do more than that and, and collaborate and work and, and, and help build each other up, you know? Um brother if if i don't see you in person and it's six months or a year whatever it might be uh brother i always got your back I you know i'm a text Likewise. away it's however i can utilize my platforms as i grow to help you i think as I a think. businessman an artist i got you bro i will always want to fuck with you on all levels you had me when you passed me that that envelope <laughs> Yeah. You well, you me. had me when you jumped off the bunk and I met you. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, man, I just got a lot of love for you and, and just a tremendous amount of respect for you, man. And I'm sure that the people in this room obviously get it pretty quickly after hearing what you have to say, you know, and feeling your energy, my man. I love this guy. I love Big Tiny. I love his energy. I love his whole mindset. I love what he's doing with his life. I love the fact that you guys are vibing right off the bat. I love the, I love the intelligence in his eyes. When you look mm -hmm. in when you look in Big Tiny's eyes, you see intelligence and sensitivity in there for sure. Yep. Yeah, man. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Round of applause. See, they're jumping up and down. <laughs> hey, man, listen, doggy. Uh, thank you for making the time. I'm so glad that we're able to do this. You guys, follow my boy on Instagram. I will for sure. Um, we'll be we'll be putting up all this information with the show when we post it up. Um, thank you again. Thank you both for coming down. Yeah, uh, Kyle all, all my photographers, everybody Swedish, here. The Swedish. Yes, Chacon, Robert, everybody, guys. Thank right. you for coming down. Tiny, thank you for coming down thank and you. making a great show. Thank you for- uh, The kids love Tiny. Thank you for making a special time to do it. You know, I know this is not your schedule, and just to have you guys make the time- to talk to me oh believe me my you wife's I mean? texting me right now <laughs> sending me pictures of the baby and she's like can you Where bring are you she's like can you bring us at least bring us uh some food for dinner and i'm like yeah baby, i can what you need hey another another show mark this one off greatest show on earth greatest show on signing earth. out from santa monica california the hard luck show we're out of here adios 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 adios